well, good morning, and uh, hope that you have been enjoying our series in Mark. Uh, we're going to come to the last two weeks of it here, and then uh, look forward to some some spiritual growth sermons. We're going to talk about maturity uh, this fall and hear from from several voices, uh, different perspectives on what it might be. Uh, like to grow up spiritually. So stay tuned for that. It's a, it's kind of an exciting thing to think about growing up in your faith and really using your faith to understand the world that uh, that we live in. So I hope that you'll continue to watch as we develop those sermons as well and, and move into the future. Uh, we are meeting back in the building at 9.45 and 11 o'clock. The 11 o'clock hour has all of our children's Sunday school classes uh, nursery provided at both services, so we'd love to see you there and uh, and just be able to have a time of fellowship and enjoyment with with believers. That's uh, a pretty critical thing that we've been missing over this time. So look forward to seeing you as we get back into the pace of what it looks like to uh, to worship the Lord together uh, at church. I want to talk to you today. We're moving into Mark chapter 15, and we're going to cover kind of the, you're going to read through here and see that, that Jesus uh, is tried and, and he is examined by Pilate. Uh, there are mockeries going on. He's going to be beaten and flogged and then eventually led away to be crucified. And you're going to follow Jesus as you read Mark 15 as he completes the work uh, that he was here to do. And I wanted you to understand part of the human condition that we are all um, saddled with, that Jesus had chosen to become human, that, that he had submitted his will to the Father and part of that would be that he would give up his rights as the Son of God and become man and live among us and, and take on that human condition that exists. And so I wanted to start by kind of just analyzing that a little bit for you so you have a starting point because I want you to think about life in, in light of all that's been going on these past few months and and what Jesus really did for us. So this human condition started as God the Father created man. And he created us with an innate desire to please him, to, to have relationship with him, and ultimately to glorify him with the life that we lead. And, and we know right out of the gate in, uh, in Genesis, Adam and Eve struggled with that, right? Um, they brought sin into the world, and we know that we have had to deal with the effects of sin ever since. So what we originally were designed to do, what we got to do in representing God the Father, was changed by sin. Sin got on the road. It literally, physically got in between us and God. And so this separation uh, between God and man, uh, the most difficult thing that we have to understand is, is that 
our sin changes the relationship between us and God. And that separation we feel um, is as a result of God being righteous and good and all of those things that we aspire to and that we are created to be, but yet our human condition now prevents us. As we deal with sin in our lives and we struggle with pride and we struggle with envy and all of those things that, that worry about us, we kind of forget about God. And so sin was the first thing that was going to have to be dealt with by Jesus. And then there was a wage for sin. There was a payment that needed to be made for sin. And that is both physical and eternal. That the wages of sin is death, right? And so sin and death both had to be handled in order for us to be restored to the place where we could have that relationship with God in its original form and its original context. And so if you know anything about Scripture, then you know God took care of that through His Son, right? Because John 3.16, the verse that, that most of us know by heart is that, that, right, God so loved the world that He gave His one and only son. And that's where we pick up this story in Mark, is that Jesus is fulfilling that role. He is going to go to the cross. He is going to face the public trial. He's going to face the beatings. He's going to face crucifixion, all in an effort to eliminate sin and death the pain that we have as a result of our sin and death. And so as we look at it, I wanted to start in Mark chapter 15 and verse 33. At noon, darkness came over the whole land until three. And at three in the afternoon, Jesus cried out in a loud voice, Eloi, Eloi, lama sabachthani, which means, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And when some of those standing near heard this, they said, listen, he's calling Elijah. And someone ran, they filled a sponge with wine vinegar to put it on a staff and offer it to Jesus to drink. Now leave him alone and let's see if Elijah comes to take him down. And with a loud cry, Jesus breathed his last. Encapsulated in just those couple of verses, we see the finished work of the cross. We first see Jesus dealing with the weight of the sin of the world. We see the separation between him and his Father for the very first and only time. He cries out, right? My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And it is at that moment that he is separated from his father. God the Father has had to allow for this separation because of the sin of the world. And Jesus is now feeling, feeling the, the totality of the weight of the world literally on him. 
And it is crushing him emotionally, physically, spiritually to be separated from his father to identify what sin does to us. For him to become sin for us, this had to happen. And that's the first thing that happens here in these passages is that, is that there is this tremendous pain of separation. He cries out, why have you forsaken me? And they don't even understand what's going on. But, but as we get to look back, we understand that sin had to be paid for. And he had to understand exactly what it was to be fully man and yet fully God, as we'll talk about next week. The separation from the Father because of the sin of the world. As Jesus then dies at the end of the passage, he breathes his last and he enters into death. And so Jesus had to both know what it was like to feel the weight of sin and separation from God and to die, to physically die and in human form in order for the work to be complete as he rose from the dead and conquered both sin and death for us. 2 Corinthians 5.21, Paul talks about it this way, he talks about Jesus. He said, you know, God made him, Jesus, who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. This process had to happen for us to be able to be declared righteous, to be justified in the sight of God, the one that had created us, the one that we were separated from. This now makes Jesus sin for us. And as Jesus feels that pain of separation and death and, and enters into the entire human condition on our behalf, it's something that, that we have to understand in its context, that it was just, just half of the process, right? He had to identify with it so that then next week as we talk about it, he overcomes it and sets up this relationship so that we can now be the righteousness of God, so that we can have the righteousness that only comes through Jesus. He had to endure that pain of sin, that, that abandonment, that distance on our behalf. It's a huge piece of, of theology to understand our condition in relation to God and why we need a Savior, and then the lengths to which Jesus went to provide that grace for us. It wasn't a cheap grace. It was grace that meant something. It was grace that, that had he had to empty himself of everything and become sin for us so that he could then conquer sin and death on our behalf. To fully identify with man and then fully be restored by God. Another piece that unfolds as we continue in Mark now, back into Mark 15, verse 38, there's this one line encapsulated by Mark that says, 
that the curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. So, so not only is it the middle of the afternoon and you read the other stories and there's darkness and there's other things going on, but as soon as Jesus breathes his last, this next line happens, that the curtain of the temple was torn from top to bottom. And what you need to understand is that that was the physical representation of separation. That from the beginning of God's relationship with his chosen people, the Israelites, the Jews, there had been the temple. And inside of the temple, there was this place that was known as the Most Holy, the Holy of Holies, where, where God himself resided. And there was this curtain that separated physically people from God. It was a representation of our sin and our guilt and that, and that it had to be there because we were not able to be in relationship with God based upon our sin. It had not been paid for. We were still doing the sacrificial systems. The Jews were, were offering sacrifices for their sins. There had to be a blood offering for those things as they went on. As God dealt with that on the cross, as sin and guilt was paid for, we see that the temple curtain itself, that physical representation of the separation between man and God, was, was torn right in half. It would have been a pretty powerful illustration to the Jewish people that, that God was doing something unlike he had ever done. That he was physically taking on something here that, that was a barrier that, that needed to be removed between God and man. And it was done once and for all. We throw around that phrase sometimes. We say, you know, we're going to do it once and for all. It's over. It's done, right? And humanly speaking, that's a very difficult concept to live up to. But for Jesus, that's ultimately what that was. That his payment for our sin, his death on the cross for us, conquered sin and death once and for all. So once, it wasn't going to ever have to be done again. If you believe in Jesus, then that price has been paid, sin has been taken care of, it has been removed off of the table. Yes, you're still going to struggle with it on the, in daily life, but the, the payment for it, the wages of sin, all of those have been paid by Jesus. That we have forgiveness and we can live in the light of that. We can have a restored relationship back to our original context that we were created to glorify God that we get to do those things. We no longer have to worry about this separation between us and God. We can go directly to him and say, God, thank you for my life and all that you do for us. And also, forgive me for the sin that separates us on a daily basis, the things that I do that, that are not glorifying to you. Jesus did that once and for all. Everyone is included. And if you haven't processed that, you need to understand that, that the opportunity is there for you right now today 
the opportunity just to bend your knee and say, God, I want the relationship between you and I to be restored. I don't want sin to be in between us anymore. I want to accept the free gift of forgiveness. I want to take the opportunity that you, through your Son, provided for me. I want this curtain to be torn in two as as physically that happened at Jesus' death. It can happen in your heart. That barrier can be removed once and for all. It's a pretty amazing thing to see that happen in somebody's life. To be brought into the grace and the understanding, the forgiveness, to, to let go of the pain that that weighs you down and keeps you from doing what you were created to do. In chapter 15, verse 39, there's a cool illustration here that Mark illustrates as we watch the centurion. When the centurion who was watching all this unfold here is a Roman soldier in charge of a hundred other men, a centurion, stood in front of Jesus as this was all unfolding. As he stood in front of Jesus, he saw how he died. He said, surely this man was the Son of God. So as this centurion, this battle-hardened man, possibly uh, a veteran of many conflicts, he'd seen men die. You could probably assume that, that he had seen that happen on numbers of occasions. And as he watched Jesus on the cross and he saw the manner by which he died, he saw how he died. He took it all in from beginning to end and his conclusion was surely this was the Son of God. Here's a man that didn't grow up inside of the tradition, didn't grow up inside of all of an understanding of who God is maybe, but identified through watching Jesus give up his life that he needed it, and that it was there for him. And he recognized it and says, man, surely this was the Son of God. And so my encouragement to you is to backtrack through Mark. Take more time this week. Reread some of the stories Allow this passage to penetrate you, yes. Take in Jesus' death for your benefit. Embrace it, allow it to be part of your story. But, but even more than that, look at how Jesus lived. Go back into Mark and watch the progression and, and the offering up of his body on a daily basis as he met the needs of people, and then finally gave up his entire life for you. And wrestle with the conclusion that you're going to draw. What is it that you truly believe? What comes out of this story? 
at the end of the story, what are you left with? Do you come to the realization that Jesus is the Son of God and that, and that He has died on your behalf to pay for the sin, the guilt, take away all of those things and to conquer death so that you not only physically take away that angst and that pain, but eternally takes away the pain of death, that he would be with you in eternity, that he created a place for you, acknowledging that he is truly the son of God. This week, I hope that you do that. I hope that it changes your trajectory. I hope that it encourages you, that, that it gives you a place to put hope like never before, that you can understand more completely who God is, what you were created to be, and the length to which Jesus went to pay for your sin and to eliminate the prospect of an eternal death from your life. If that's something that, that you're wrestling with for the first time, I pray that you would reach out to us here at Liberty, that we could pray for you, that we could be a part of that journey for you. Thank you for the opportunity to do that for you. And I pray on your behalf now that, that you understand fully what it is that Jesus has done for you. Father, I pray that you would continue to encourage our hearts that we would be brought to a full understanding of who you are and what you are doing in our life. Father, that you would continue to love us in such a way that, that we have no mistake, that we know you deeply love us, that you understand all of the mistakes that we made and that you sent your son Jesus once and for all of that sin, that we would take captive that thought, make it our own, and live life the way we were created without separation between you and I. Lord, I pray for those that are listening right now, that their hearts would be moved, that the barriers would be removed between them and God that forgiveness and salvation would come, that if they are already saved, that the joy of their salvation would return. Lord, thank you for the opportunity for your word to, to remind us how much you care. In Jesus' name, amen.